What's happening, sports fans? Christian Pedersen here in the SD Prep Insider Studios. Welcome in to another week of the San Diego Section Football Recap Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. What we got in store for you is myself here at the beginning of this show, bringing you about 10 to 15 minutes of scores across the county. We're going to get to every single game. Consider this the running scoreboard part of the show. If you don't want to listen to me droning on about stuff and you are just here for the reaction from the pundits all over San Diego County, go ahead and jump forward about 10 to 15 minutes. We got all sorts of great guests joining us on the Blast Radius Coffee Hotline. As always, all of our stuff today is brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. For more, visit them at blastradiuscoffee.com. With that being said, let's get the scoreboard watching part of the show going with San Pasquale Academy 20-13 to 13 over Horizon Prep for San Pasquale Academy. This moves them to 5-0 and on the season. Calvin Christian, 76. The Warner Wildcats, 52. Calvin Christian getting their first win of the season. Congratulations to the Crusaders. Rock Academy, they move to 3-1 and one on the year with a 69-38 win over Borrego Springs. Castle Park, the Trojans, they remain undefeated. They move on to 6-0 and with a 38-0 win over Crawford. Congratulations to Castle Park. They remain one of the great stories so far this season. Tri-City Christian, 35. Escondido Charter, 6. Tri-City Christian moves to 4-1 and on the season. A lot of points for, not a ton of points against. They could be a team that you got to watch for down the stretch. Granite Hills, 41-7 at Southwest El Centro. The Eagles with a very, very big win to remain in my personal top 10 on the season. You look at this one, this could have been a shutout. Southwest El Centro scores in the fourth quarter to uh, to get on the board, but... I mean, everything clicking for this team. And the they're, they're into the league schedule now for the rest of this year. So we'll, we'll see the stepped up uh, pressure if that can change anything. But Granite Hills looks like they are in the driver's seat. Hilltop, the Lancers, they get a bounce back win. 28-21 over Benita Vista to move to 5-1 and one on the season. This Benita Vista team is no joke. They, uh, even though they are three and three, they are three and three, having proven themselves with losses against Steel Canyon Saints and now Hilltop. So that, that's a quality win for the Hilltop Lancers to to come away with that kind of a W. Santa Fe Christian they fell by a score twenty to fourteen at St. Margaret's, just out of uh, just just out of the section there up up in Orange County. Victory Christian Academy, or St. Joseph's Academy, 52. Victory Christian Academy, 26. St. Joseph's Academy getting the win there. Classical Academy, they come out on top, 29-14 over Maranatha Christian to move to 3-2 and two on the season. Back-to-back wins for the Classical Academy Caymans as they get set up for the second half of the season. Not a team that you want to get caught sleeping on if you're looking at, uh, at, at teams that are still trending upwards. El Camino, 14-3 win at Eastlake. 
for the El Camino Wildcats, this this kind of moves them into the they are the real deal in the Division Two playoffs type conversation. Three and two, but with a pair of those really high quality losses. You know, they, yeah, they've got Bishop, San Pasquale, Morse, Vista. Not saying that they are the favorite, but they just move into that conversation for you know you like that you you, you don't you don't dislike their chances coming into the playoffs based off of what you were starting to see emerge as the body of work for El Camino. Oceanside 33, Olympian 3. The Pirates continue to impress this season. We had Kavika Tua on with us in the preview show. He has a good night. Everybody there has a good night. The Pirates, they got a ton of league games between now and the end of the season. So at 4-1, and one, not close to being done with the journey, but they are certainly well on their way. Santana, the Sultans, they remain undefeated going to 6-0 and with a 42 to nothing win over Vincent Memorial. Montgomery back to the win column, 27-6 over Mar Vista, 5-1 for Montgomery as they head into the back half of the season, continuing to impress. Lincoln had to get it done with a late field goal, 21 or 31-28, my apologies, at Modern Day Catholic. Several of our pundits are going to be able to talk to you a little bit more in depth about this one, so I will reserve too much of my time there. And I'll just say that, uh, Lincoln, you're going to have to ask yourself, margin of victory, does it matter or not? Because they're getting the wins. They're not by a ton of points, but they're getting the wins. So they are going to be an interesting case study of how high should they be ranked, how good really are they compared to other teams getting you know the same number of wins, but in much wider margins. I am not commenting either way. I'm just pointing out that that is a team to really pay a lot of attention to in the playoff seeding as we head into the back half of that year uh, because the following score is Cathedral Catholic 63, Otay Ranch nothing. And that's a wide margin of victory. So there, there very easily will be teams to point to on both sides of the argument. Congratulations also to Cathedral Catholic. I, I know I use them more as a case study there than an actual uh, highlighted result, but the Dons continue to impress uh, defensively and offensively. San Ysidro deserves a big shout-out for getting their first win, 33-19 over Hoover. Big second quarter, they score three times. They, they go up, they stay up. couple of scores in the fourth quarter to close it out. Congratulations to Coach Aguilon and everybody at San Ysidro for putting that together. West Hills and El Cap squared off. The Wolf Pack comes out on top 24-14. Adam Paul from EC Sports has all of the coverage on this game for you later on. Uh, just know that it, it, it was much more of a rushing then passing type attack for West Hills that gets it done, but the Wolfpack with much-needed win. Madison 34-13 over Grossmont in perhaps the game of the night. Plenty of people want to chime in on that one, so I will let them sound off later. Holtville 40-0 over Calexico. Sarah 59-0 over Fallbrook. Sarah looking to put their early season struggles behind them as they move to 3-2 and two on the season, getting set up for a huge couple of games the next few weeks. Valhalla, 3-2 and two now on the year, 20-12 to 12 win for them over Kearney. 
that's going to be a team that, you know, they're going to have to not fall back into old patterns. They're going to have to forge forward, but they could still be an above 500 team that impresses late in the season. Brawley, 57 nothing over Kofa. Congratulations to them. Bishops, 53-13 over Francis Parker. Tyler Buckner continues to impress. Bishop School starts to uh, lurch back into that. How good do you rank them as? Are they a top 10 team now? Orange Glen, 49 nothing over Army Navy. This Orange Glen Patriots team getting out early, staying ahead. Couple tough losses for them, but nights like this remind you that they do know how to play football quite at a at a at an excellent level. So you'll just have to wait and see. Cal Patriots twenty eight eight over Farrell Charter. Congratulations to them. Southwest San Diego wins a thriller twenty seven twenty four over Claremont. Luke Ramirez from the San Diego Union Tribune has that one for us later in the show. Steel Canyon, they remain undefeated, 45-0 over the Mira Mesa Marauders. They go to 5-0. Steel Canyon, open division, question mark? They, they're, they're, they're maybe even there. San Marcos, 35-0 over Mount Carmel. John Maffey from the Union Tribune was there. He has that for us later in the show. Morse, the Tigers, they moved to 4-1 on the season with a 34-7 win over Chula Vista, are they now in the top 10? Like, yeah, it was a bye week for a lot of teams, but that doesn't mean it was a bye week for the drama and the intrigue. A lot of light getting shed on some D2 success stories. You know, you got four and one at the D2 level. You got three and two at the D1 level. How do you rank the two? Which one is really a better team? That is the new question now as we go down these last couple of weeks. It, it's going to be insane. Helix, they take care of business against Oaks Christian, 42-17 at home. Helix remains the number one team in San Diego County. Poway, they drop a cross-section game to Tesoro, 44-3. And finally, Mount Miguel, they move to 3-2 on the season with a 42-14 win over Sweetwater. That'll do it for the scores from around San Diego County. Our show, as always, is brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. For more, visit BlastRadiusCoffee.com. Stay tuned now for guests from all over San Diego County who want to chime off about the games they saw, both in person and around the county. Thank you very much for listening to the Week 6 San Diego Prep Insider Football Recap Show. All right, we go now to Calvin Pierce at Calvin underscore TSC on all the Twitter. He's the man with the just nicest touch on the edits. Calvin, how are you doing tonight? How did your night with Lincoln treat you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, I would say it, tonight was it was fairly well. I almost left with a heart attack, but it, it ended up fairly well. It was a, a nail-biter, but uh, if you don't know by now, they ended up walking away with a game-winning field goal. Lincoln did. Uh, at the end of the game, it was tied 28-28 and then wrapped it up with like one minute and some change and kicked a, like a 20-some-odd yarder, kicked it in with a minute and some change left. And I believe uh, at that time, I think modern day was out of timeout. So um, really couldn't. I think they ended up getting a quick three and out. So after that, Lincoln just set on nil, nil the ball from their own out. Well, and they had to do it in come-from-behind fashion. Modern Day got up 9 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Then Lincoln ends up pulling, like you said, ahead 
with just a moment plus left and, and taking a field goal there. Final score, 31-28. So kind of tell us the tale of the game. Just give us the cliff notes, if you will, uh, for those of us that weren't able to watch it. Uh, like you just stated, that nine year off the gate, uh, Lincoln started off super slow. Um, like we've been talking about a couple of other times in, in the podcast, uh, still kind of like jumping back and forth with the two quarterbacks. Uh, started with Chris, the senior, and then uh, later later on went on to uh, Tyler and kind of stuck with Tyler uh, for the rest of the game. I don't know if it was just like, hey, we, he's rolling with the hot hand, stick with him. He ended up throwing an interception somewhere in the mid to later part of the game, but I think uh, he had the team, he kind of had the team rallying with him at that point, so the coaches had to stick with him. Um, uh, like we go back to uh, modern days, they got off fast, the running back, I forget his name, number three, he was a, uh, man, he had that long touchdown, I think it was like an 80-yarder untouched, and uh, it was looking like wall beaters in that first and second quarter, because that that uh, running game for modern day was kind of stifled uh, throughout the third and fourth quarter. I think if it was the other way around, if they still was uh, able to run the ball like they did in the first and second, it, it almost could have been like out for Lincoln. So it sounds like the Lincoln defense made some adjustments in that second half. Would you say that they have at least been the consistent thread that every week we've seen something high quality out of that defense that keeps Lincoln in these games? Uh, they definitely do. Uh, they got some, they got some playmakers. Um, I, I saw them all along um, modern day trying to pick on a couple of DBs. Uh, one of them being X today was X Games back from uh, um, the elbow injury he had. Had a phenomenal game. Got a couple of pass breakups um, that could have went for big plays, and uh, he even got a touchdown. Got his first Lincoln touchdown at running back. That was awesome to see him get in the end zone. But uh, the defense was kind of like they kind of got that bend but don't break. Uh, they bent a little bit. Uh, that's really not like the Lincoln D. But uh, they ended up uh, getting some turnovers uh, later in the game, and, and those turnovers couldn't came at a better time. The X you mentioned is Xavier Hamlet coming off of that elbow injury he suffered at the SDFNL Classic preseason that had a lot of us very you know, concerned for what the future held for him. Big bounce back opening game big big outing for him uh let me run some other scores by you uh, get get your reaction from around the county uh if you don't mind oh all right so we got to talk about what happened at grossmont and that and that is that coach rick jackson and madison end up getting a win on the road there talk to, give me your reaction to that what was that uh, final score? I, I did see it, but I forget the final. That 34-13 Madison at Grossmont. Wow. I don't know if a lot of, and, and I was at Grossmont, too. I don't know if a lot of people saw that coming. But I, I know I, I followed uh, in the last two or three years, I followed some of those Madison kids, and they're they're really not the lay-down type, and they're not going to lay down for no one. And I think uh, it was just like one of those games they, they – they know they know what they have over there, and they know what they uh, they know. Man, we all know Madison's been one of those teams year in and year out. That's kind of been one of the power programs, and you could say they're in a rebuilding or this and that after they lost Keenan Christian. But the guys are still over there. They they believe. And this uh, game, NCNF score, those guys showed me today 
that they still believe. And wherever people are putting them in the polls, they they believe that they they know what they have. They should be rated higher than where they where they're in the standings right now. So that win gives you a lot of faith. Uh, it, it would sound in that uh, team. Yeah. Uh, next oh. next score. I want to bounce off of you. Helix forty two seventeen over Oaks Christian. Man, that's that's awesome. Man, just just again, just like a couple of weeks ago, how we had a. Uh, Cathedral. Now it's like, and now we got Helix over there beating these out of town teams and just climbing up the national rankings and climbing up higher in the, the California rankings. And it's just awesome to see our uh, our teams right here in our own backyard uh, getting San Diego that recognition. And what they're doing over there, I hadn't got a chance to check out the Helix program, but I've seen highlights and seen some of these uh, phenomenal videos that have been released on Instagram and Twitter and but I see um, Pep Six Camp, man, it's just, it's awesome to see what those guys are doing and what the, uh, the philosophy, what the coaches are um, laying down over there for those, for those young men. And they, they, they ain't buying in, they bought in. And they're, and they're, uh, they're delivering. I like that. It's past tense. Uh, at Calvin underscore TSC on all the social media. Please go check out all of the stuff that he's doing because it's year-round. It's all sports. It's all things. He's just bringing you that next level of, of artistic touch and production to see the world through his lens. Calvin, any closing notes before we say goodbye, and we'll see you next week? Man, I, I just on, on that hilltop, that was nice to see them bounce back, get back in the winning, winning column uh, over Bonita. Vista, they jump back in 28-21. Um, what Coach Wesley's doing over there is, is phenomenal as well. And uh, it's, it's nice to see them with that bounce back win after uh, what took place last week with Morris. Um, it's awesome to see those guys getting back on the winning column. Absolutely. One, one more time at Calvin underscore TSC. Calvin Pierce, thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you next week, my man. Playoffs are we're, we're starting to be able to talk about them. Yes, sir. All right, we are now joined by Raymond Brown. He is the San Diego Football Network. He is a man who got to see a treat of a game out in the East County tonight with Madison topping Grossmont. Raymond, thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me once again. Always glad to be here with you. All right, so tell us what you saw because Madison goes out and kind of stuns, upsets, shocks, proves... There's a lot of different variables and adjectives being thrown around. You were actually there, though, so tell us what you saw. Um, what kind of a tale of two halves? Um, let's see. Um, Grossmont um, had a chance to uh, really pull away. They had two chances to get in the end zone. I believe they were stopped two times on fourth down. Uh, so it was only like six to three in the um, at halftime, Madison leading. They got a, a touchdown towards the end of the half. And um, in the second half, uh, Madison's offense just took off, and um, Grossmont was unable to keep up. So give us a couple of players on that Madison offense that you saw when they got to uh, heating up there because so far it seems every game that Madison has won this season and some big playmakers stepping up. Yes, sir. Um, 
Well, first, uh, Herman Smith caught a touchdown pass from um, Thomas, Madison's quarterback, and um, Keontae Springs. Uh, Grossman did a good job containing him in the first half, but um, in the second half, he took off, got uh, two touchdowns, and uh, really, really uh, did his thing. You can follow him at SD Football or San Diego Football Network on the social media. He's got a couple of clips up from the game tonight, including that Herman Smith touchdown. What did you see? Like, like what is the takeaway from this game? Is this panic time for Grossmont? Is this a, a, a marquee win for Madison? Is it somewhere in the middle? How? What kind of ripples out from this game? Give us a little bit of this postscript. Well, big game for Madison because, of course, you know what happened last year. Um, they got knocked off the playoffs by a lower-seeded Grossmont team at home. So um, they came in with revenge on their mind. And, um, you know, despite a slow first half, uh, they really came out and showed. And plus it was uh, head coach Rick Smith's birthday. So, you know, they had to get this win for him. Absolutely happy. Well, at this point, it's happy belated birthday, coach. Uh, we apologize for not recording this podcast in time to celebrate it. But huge win, huge win, huge win all around. Um. Anything final on that game before I move on to, to a couple other scores around the county? Um, as for Grossmont, um, they have nothing to be ashamed of. It's not panic time. Uh, they just need to uh, look at this game, uh, look at the mistakes they made, and um, they they got some big games coming up in the uh, Grossmont Hills League. So uh, take this, learn from it, and try to get better. Mind if I bounce a couple of scores off you from around the county? Absolutely. El Camino, 14, Eastlake, 3. Is El Camino the real deal? As far as Division Two teams go, uh, yeah. Um, not very shocked at that score. Um, I know Eastlake, uh, their head coach just got um, – I know he, t- he had to take a leave, so motions there. Um, yeah, uh, El Camino is a pretty good team. They're really tough. They're going to uh, put up a fight every game no matter who they're playing, whether it's a Division One team, Division Two, So, um, hats off to El Camino. They moved 3-2 and two on the season, and like you mentioned, one of the top teams potentially in Division Two. Pair of teams remain undefeated. Castle Park winning 38 nothing over Crawford, and Santana winning 42 nothing over Vincent Memorial. Which one surprises you more? Who had the bigger win of the two undefeated teams there? Uh, I have to go with uh, Castle Park. Um, they're off to a great start. And uh, Santana, that's a, that's a good win for them. Homecoming night, you know, shut out another undefeated team to go for a 6-0, and their best start since 2011, I believe. And that's the year they went to the CIF finals. So um, look out for uh, Santana. And uh, also look out for Castle Park. Uh, congratulations to both of those teams and the uh, um, five other teams that are undefeated. Lincoln every week seems to give us something new to stress about as as a as a city. And thirty one twenty eight, they top modern day Catholic. What's your takeaway from that final score? Oh uh, wow, um, great great win for uh, Lincoln. I thought um, I underestimated modern day man. I thought Lincoln was going to put up one of those 
high scoring affairs that other teams have done this season. But um, modern day uh, fought. They uh, fought to the end. They had a lead at some point in that game, I believe. But, um, you know, it took a game-winning field goal by Lincoln to pull that one off. So um, hats off to both teams. But um, I think Lincoln's going to look at this game and feel they're going to have a lot of work to do because they got Madison next. And that's that's not modern day. I'll tell you that. It certainly seems like for it being bye week, we got more than our money's worth of entertainment. Pretty crazy week from around the county. Any other scores, players, plays, anything you want to give us your thoughts on before we say goodbye? Um, no, it was a um, yeah. A lot of teams had a bye. Um, next week is going to be pretty interesting. That's when uh, a lot of league games start to kick off. So, um, yeah, it shouldn't be that much of a shift in the top ten, other than uh, Grossmont probably falling off because of the loss. But um, we'll see. Uh, next next week should be interesting. So nobody new potentially moves on there necessarily with any standout wins, but there will be change, like you mentioned, with Grossmont going down in the rankings. You can follow him at SD Football on Twitter, San Diego Football Network on all the other social medias, all sorts of great content, high school and beyond, coming from Raymond Brown. Raymond, thank you very much for joining us, my man, and uh, we're, we are now at the midway point. So like you mentioned, next time we talk to you, there's going to be league games across the board. I understand that some have already been playing, but there will be league games across the board and uh, playoff implications and all sorts of goodies like that. So, man, it feels like we're we're just getting started this season. Uh, yes, there's a lot of football to be played. So um, all the rankings and all that stuff, just, uh, just, just leave it on the field and everything will work itself out. It's, it's always great to, uh, speaking with you. Raymond, it's always great talking to you one more time at SD Football on all the social media. Please go give Raymond a follow. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, we are now blessed to have John Matthew from the San Diego Union Tribune joining us. As always, John was up in the North County, San Marcos, and Mount Carmel duking it out. Thank you very much for joining us. How did Week 6 treat you? It, it was good, Christian. It was kind of a kind of a little bit of a down week. A lot of buys this week, uh, so it was kind of kind of a, a little more relaxing week. With uh, you know, not a lot of the you know Helix Helix won big, Cathedral won big, but you know three and four Saints and Carlsbad had buys. So uh, a, a little bit of a week to to go see a game and take a breather. So the blood pressure goes down. Everybody gets sort of a week, like you said, to kind of have a breather. Uh, you see a 35 nothing San Marcos win. Kind of tell us the, the the insights, the reaction, maybe highlight a player or two in that game that impressed you seeing them in person. San Marcos, uh, which has kind of made a living early on throwing the ball, uh, ran it for uh, 360 yards last night. They uh, uh, One of the running backs, they had two running backs that, uh, that went over 100 yards each, and uh, uh, JT Dozier uh, said that uh, they uh, Mount Carmel lined up in a three-three stack, and that kind of played into what they like to do offensively. So they came out and, and lined up in a in an I formation and kind of just ran it ran it down their throats. And they they uh, he broke off Dozier broke off an 83 yarder and a 56 yarder, 
and uh, Derek Van Oy had a had a couple of nice runs. So uh, they 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 rolled it up rolled it up pretty good. They can still throw it. They still have really good three really good wideouts. But uh, you know, San Marcos now two and three. Uh, and and still can make some noise in in the Avocado League, and if they can run the ball with that passing game with Emmett Brown, they, you know they might have a chance to knock somebody off there. So you see bright things trending upwards, perhaps in the future. Anything else on that game uh, before I bounce a couple other scores off of you? Um, you know, I I think you know uh, you know disappointing that uh, Carson Tomapeu, the, the uh, junior quarterback, didn't play. He was. He was uh, sick all week and and kind of just banged up generally. Coach John Anderson said, and they you know he didn't didn't practice, and so disappointing that I didn't get a chance to see him play. On to the rest of the county. I I know it was a bye week, but that doesn't mean there wasn't some element of interest and drama playing out across the county. John, I want to hit you with a couple of different scores and get your reaction. Is that okay? Sure. So Lincoln 31, Modern Day Catholic 28. What's your takeaway from that game? You know, my takeaway is it's kind of a head scratcher on Modern Day because Modern Day Catholic has given up a ton of points in a couple of games. And then, you know, you watch them, you watch some of their other scores and they played really well. And, uh, you know, and obviously they played well last night, 31-28. They had Lincoln down. And Lincoln had a had a rally and come back and win that game, so uh, you know I, I I'm not I'm not sure what was going on at, at at modern day if they were you know if players were out in some of those big games where they were giving up you know 50 60 points, but uh, to hold Lincoln to 31 and have a chance to win that game is 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 a really nice game for modern day. Certainly seems like it's the closest thing you can come to to a moral victory in football. I don't I don't know if everybody believes in the, those or not. Pair of undefeated teams remain undefeated. Castle Park 38-0 over Crawford and Santana 42-0 over Vincent Memorial. Was one of those wins bigger than the other, or is this just at this point great to watch those numbers climb for the undefeateds? Yeah, I don't think either one was big. I I, I think, you know, and, and those are those are nice wins. Yeah, but also against lesser opponent. Vincent Memorial has had had kind of a nice run in in the past, but you know, it's a small school out in the desert and you and they're going to be, you know, the smaller schools are going to kind of be up and down depending on, on, on what their classes are. Uh, so that, you know, I, I, that's a game you should win, you know, Castle Park uh, playing Crawford, that's a game they should win. And, you know, and, 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 and rightfully so they went out and took care of business and, and, you know, and there's then they remain undefeated. That's, that's what they should have done last night. Madison on the road upsets Grossmont 34-13. What is your takeaway from that game? You know, I, I think a really nice win for Madison. Uh, I mean, Grossmont is, is a good team, very well coached. They throw the ball like crazy. They run an up-tempo offense. And Madison is, you know, was kind of kind of a sleeper team at, at three and two. But uh, they played some really good teams. And I think uh, with uh, Deontay Springs, you know, if he's healthy, Madison is a team that that's going to that's going to make some noise here in the, in the last half of the season. You can find all of his work w- with the San Diego Union Tribune in print online. However, you get your sports, search them out. His name is John Matthew. John, I want to close with this. It seems like right now. We've got 
Helix Saints Cathedral uh, up there in that that one echelon. Maybe include Carlsbad if you want in that, but it seems like right now there is a deadlocked heap of three and two teams between the middle of Division One and the top of Division Two, and it seems like we're headed to a very murky seven through ten in the in the top seedings. So, in, in your opinion, walk us through. You know, how are we going to start to differentiate these teams? Because you mentioned, like, that's a good win for for one team or that's a, a game you should win for another team. What, what are you starting to look for now week to week? Well, I think now, Christian, now we're going to start getting into league. So things are going to, you know, Cathedral and Saints are on a collision course. They're going to, you know, they're going to meet. And, and so that 2-3 there will be, will be defined. It's, you know, it's going to be Cathedral or, or Saints, whoever wins that game. Uh, will be the two. Helix uh, is in is in a league, and they're going to you know they've got they've got Grossmont coming up, and and they've got they've, you know they've got some good teams in that league. Uh, it's a league they should win, and and uh, you know that what a great win last night for them over Oaks Christian. So I I, I kind of see them hanging on to that one spot. Two and three will be the winner of the you know Cathedral Saints the Holy Bowl, and. The four spot, nobody wants the four spot. I, I, I've spoken to a number of coaches who, you know, who just go exactly what you're saying. One, two, and three in the county are, are, are pretty well defined and it, it, whatever order you want to put them in, but those are the three top teams. And nobody wants to be the fourth team in the open division. Everybody would kind of like to be the number one team in division one, and, you know, which would be the fifth seed, actually. So – it's it's going to be very interesting, I think, now as we get into league, and uh, you know you're going to have Oceanside and Carlsbad, you know, coming up. You have Oceanside and Mission Hills coming up, uh, so that you know th- those spots will now start to become a, a little well defined there. It seems to me like this is just a great year of parity, kind of across the board, when you also have some Division Two teams making their way up there and, and like you mentioned some of the great stories down in the lower levels john any parting notes for this week that you want to leave us with before like we said like you said uh, we'll join you again for league yes yeah i think the league's going to be fun i think it's going to be it's going to be fun i think now uh, uh a lot of coaches this week had called me the 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 cif uh playoff rankings came out this week and they were a mess uh they were a jumbled up mess a lot of teams didn't have uh, their strength of schedule. For example, Mission Hills was a one point one, uh, minus one, and there's no way that that's correct. Uh, Mount Carmel was a minus one. There's no way that's correct. Uh, so probably the CIF should not have put that out uh, as incomplete and in- incorrect as it was. It will correct itself as we go on, and I think this week will be a little truer read of you know like we said one two three are are well defined it doesn't you know you can't make a mistake there but in some of the other divisions in in two three four uh those those situations will now correct themselves uh as some of the the strength of schedules get get corrected and put in there could have been there rightly well i know that it's always a 
it's, it's an ever-evolving formula, so why not have it change week to week and just add it? It was a bye week, so so spice things up a little bit with a little bit of that off-field drama. Give, give people something to stress about, I guess. Um, but you're right. Hopefully that will all get sorted out uh, in the next couple of days. John, thank you very much for joining us. Folks, please go check out all of the great stuff that he does about football and everything beyond. John Matthew with Union Tribune. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Great. For Christian, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, we are now joined by Luke on sports. Luke Ramirez, uh, it's L with a lot of U, K, he's really good at photography, he's really good at writing, and he's really good at picking the right game to go to. Last week, he picked Santana (laughs) showing up with 20 minutes till the game and winning. This week, it's Southwest San Diego getting an amazing win. Luke, tell us this. Thank you very much for joining us. Tell us how this week treated you. Tell us the story of the game. My goodness. Yeah, it was, uh, it was actually, uh, I got to first off give credit to my uh, deputy sports editor at the UT, Jess Kearney. Um, you know, he sent me the email Monday. Hey, can you go check out Claremont at Southwest? And, you know, uh, as one's initial reaction might be, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that very enthusiastic, but uh, ended up working out. He must know a thing or two. Um, done, done it for a long time. So shout out to Jess Kearney. Um, pulling all the strings there, actually. And, and yeah, this one turned into kind of an instant classic. Um, didn't quite get to as many overtimes as Oceanside LCC last week, but, um, you know, it was a really awesome game to be at. Um, kind of a smaller crowd, obviously, but made it feel a lot more personal and uh, it was special to be a part of it and, and nice to report on it. So recap us the tale because Claremont goes up early. Southwest has to come back. It, it seemed like it had just a little bit of everything mixed in there story-wise. Yeah, um, I'm I'm happy I get to be on because uh, in my 265 word recap I couldn't quite fit everything in. So. Oh no, oh, you couldn't yeah. get a, a whole story into a tweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, because of of what I perceived to well, it's been a lack of interest. I wasn't tweeting like I normally do. So, um, but I, I was wrong again on that account. So we'll get right into it. Um, like you said, Claremont went up big. But first thing I want to say, actually, um, both of these teams kind of come in battling depleted rosters, uh, lack of involvement, uh, injuries, ineligibility. Uh, I had Claremont at 19 guys suited up and uh, Southwest at 24 guys suited up last night. That's a total of 43 combined players that were playing in last night's game. Um, so kudos to, to those players and uh, obviously the coaches as well who, you know, I've been battling that all season. Uh, Coach Ross at Claremont, they've, they've been 3-0 and since forfeiting their first game. Uh, because of a lack of players they had, um, and they came in rolling. They came in hot, and they showed it. Um, went up big, 21 nothing. Uh, their quarterback is Ryan Christensen. He's, uh, he's 6'6", close to around 200 pounds. Uh, the guy's just a, a beast back there. Um, good presence in the pocket. Uh, I watched his film against San Ysidro the week before, and he can make a real variety of throws, um, and, and he, he was kind of leading the charge there um, early for them. He threw a 26-yard touchdown pass to Jesus Coronado, uh, with 2.48 left in the first quarter, that put him up 14-0. Um, let me see. Claremont's running back. Get his name here. Justin Rice, senior. He had a nice game on the ground. Uh, he had a touchdown in the first quarter. And then um, Claremont finished off their three-score advantage with a touchdown to Max Wesner uh, from Christensen. So it looked like we were going to get a running clock game. Um, Southwest was having a lot of trouble getting stuff going on offense. They run a kind of interesting 
um, little little offense. Uh, it seemed, I meant to ask Coach Cruz, you know, how many plays they actually have, but it seemed like they were kind of rotating through only five or six plays. Um, but it, it, it picked up in the second half. Whatever, whatever went on in the locker room really seemed to work. Uh, and I would have to say the biggest play of the game was on the opening kickoff um, in the third quarter. Uh, Claremont receiving, and uh, number three, Jesus Coronado, uh, calls the catch in. He's bringing it upfield, and uh, number ten from Southwest. I'm sorry, let me get his name here. I gotta, I gotta give him a shout out. Uh, Nathaniel Rocio. He uh, he strips Coronado, takes the ball right out of his hands, and gives uh, Southwest opening third quarter field position at their third at the Claremont 30 yard line. Um, Coach Cruz said that was kind of the play of the game, and that led to uh, Ray Flores' first touchdown, a 14 yard run, make it 21-7, and you know. Everybody kind of perked up a little bit, but, you know, still a two-score football game. Um, we weren't quite sure what we were going to get from there, but uh, it was Southwest defense that kind of showed up. They they uh, they forced two punts and ultimately led to an 80-yard rushing touchdown from Ray Flores, who, by the way, it was his 17th birthday last night. Um, so he, he celebrated his 17th uh, in quite a, quite a special way. Um, that made it 21-14, close to the end of the third quarter. Um, I hate to pick on Coronado and Claremont, but I mean, he had another fumble on a kickoff return, uh, after that 80 yard touchdown, making things more interesting. Um, but luckily for Claremont, the first play that Southwest had taking over, they fumbled the football and gave it right back. So that ended the third quarter there, but ultimately Claremont had to punt again in Southwest their next drive, another fumble. So it was just crazy back and forth. Um, a lot of stats to track and follow, but. Um, you could kind of tell that Southwest was hanging in there, even though they were giving, coughing up the football quite a bit. Uh, Claremont really wasn't getting going as far as shutting this game down. Um, but a lot of a lot of uh, credit to Coach Ross. It seems like he's done a great job there with what he has. Um, their offense looked really interesting um, at first. They can they can they can definitely uh, look like they can score some points. They just kind of ran out of gas, you know, having 19 guys. Um, after every drive, you, it seemed like that there was a, a different player for Claremont that was limping around, going to going to see the trainer. So um, I can only imagine how tough that is having 19 guys and um, you know, guys. For example, it'd be like punt. Who's on punt? And uh, they'd be like, we need two to go on punt. Punt team. And I, I'd have to imagine it was two random players that don't have that much experience having to run on the field and just go and hit somebody. So. Um, it was really hard-nosed football. It came down to a battle of wills and um, set it up a great fourth quarter here. Um, I'll keep it going for you. I know I'm going on, but there's a lot of action in this one. Um, we got to start off. Uh, it was eight minutes left in the in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Southwest takes it over after one yard line uh, because of a, of a huge punt from Christensen. He's also the punter and the quarterback for Claremont. He pins them inside the one-yard line, a 53-yard punt. He's fired up. That that seemed like it would possibly, you know, end the game if Claremont was able to get a three and out, take over in good field position, and get another score to kind of ice it. Uh, but unluckily for them, it was third and one from the Southwest nine. And uh, Daniel Carrillo is the quarterback for Southwest. He had a really nice game. Um, he fumbles the snap. Or it was kind of a, a, a funky snap. And Junior – let me get his name here. Sorry, Junior. I don't have his first name. Where is it? His last name is Valadez. 
Valadez. He picks up the fumble at the three-yard line and takes it 91 yards from scrimmage to tie the game up with 6.13 left, 21-21. The place is going bananas. Um, and that gave the football back to Claremont, obviously, in a tight game. They had six minutes left. Uh, they're driving downfield. And then from the Southwest 22-yard line, is second and 10. And uh, number eight, Eric Enrique Gonzalez for Southwest. He had a huge sack on second down to kind of take them out of field goal range and also out of fourth down territory, uh, forcing another punt. And um, that ultimately set up um, – actually, sorry. So then uh, Carrillo – on the next drive, he takes it 83 yards for the, what would have been the game-winning touchdown, but it was called back for a block in the back, and that kind of forced uh, going into overtime. Valadez had a huge interception with 30 seconds left in the game uh, so that Southwest could, you know, take the ball back and clock it, go to overtime, uh, take their chances in overtime. And then, um, you know, Claremont was able to uh, – they, they got a field goal. It was Southwest defense again that, you know, made a huge stop. They got a field goal, and then it only took three plays for Southwest. Um, with seemed like they had all the momentum at that point. Um, Ray Flores on his 17th birthday takes it 12 yards for the scoring touch, win, game-winning touchdown and uh, put, a, put a cap on, on this great, what turned into a, a really awesome football game. Just to throw in the name for you, I believe it's Sebastian Valadez. Yeah, you got it. Sorry, uh, Sebastian. No, I, hey, Sebastian I, Valadez. I, I'm, I'm Thanks, thanks, Max Preps, for it. Um, Luke Ramirez from the San Diego Union-Tribune. You can find all of his stuff and more on social media at Luke or Sports. We just retweeted it so that you guys can find it at SD Prep Insider. Luke, I want to get you out of here um, on one last South Bay-related question. Uh, Southwest San Diego, obviously a big win down there for them, but I want to throw two games at you, and you just tell me who you think had the bigger win on the night. San Ysidro, 33-19 over Hoover to get their first win since 2017, or Castle Park moving to 6-0 and with a 38-0 win over Crawford? Well, I'd have to say, you know, for, for any team to get their first win in, in what's more than a, an entire regular season, that's that's huge for morale. Uh, you know, I know Coach Aguan is, is a, has, uh, you know, a lot of upside, probably more upside than anyone would have, um, you know, dealing with the problems that that football program has. Um, you know, they face a variety of challenges, like the belt schedule um, is tougher to work around practices and stuff like that. So um, I think the Cougars getting their first win since 2017. That's a huge storyline. Um, really excited for Coach Aguan. A lot of work has been put into that, I'm sure. So uh, congrats to San Ysidro, but also congrats to Castle Park. I mean, it seems like they kind of uh, haven't been getting as much love that, that's uh, deserved. But, you know, 6-0 is, is, uh, is a crazy accomplishment. Um, I think I saw some somebody tweeted this morning. They have a two percent chance to finish the season undefeated. Um, but you know, if I uh, if I had any say in it, I would say that you know, with the momentum they have, that's uh, that's that's a kind of a, a low ball there. So we'll see how it ends up. But once again, you know, congrats to Danny Cedro picking up that first win. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Luke or Sports Luke Ramirez with the San Diego Union Tribune. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. All right, we are now blessed to have Troy Hirsch from Fox 5 San Diego joining us. He was out at, I mean, it had to have been the game of the week with Grossmont and Madison. Thank you very much for being on with us. Tell us what the heck was going on out there. Well, I think what happened was Madison kind of surprised Grossmont with their defensive physicality. And... uh Rick Jackson had said before that his, he was really proud of the way his defense had played all season, even though they split their first four games. 
and they really, really took it to Grossmont physically and had some huge stops. Grossmont actually drove the ball up and down the field in the first half, but when they got down near the goal line, uh, the defense for Madison really, really buckled down. They forced some turnovers, and they really hit Jamie Odom hard, Grossmont's quarterback, who still ran for 120 yards, but he was not accurate at all throwing the ball, mainly because he would take three steps to drop, and then there would be a Madison defender chasing him down. And Odom's very elusive, and he's very good on the run throwing the ball, but uh, when you do that enough, you get a little bit jittery, and his accuracy just was not there. He missed a few open receivers, and you could tell the frustration on his face knowing that he thought that he should be completing those passes. And then Madison's offense got rolling. That was the other thing Coach Jackson said, is he really wanted to see his offense get rolling. And Keontae Springs was as slippery as you could possibly be. It almost looked like he had grease on his jersey because they couldn't tackle him. And he ran for 175 yards and caught passes for another 50, and he scored twice. And uh, it was really quite impressive. And then Jalen Thomas, their junior quarterback, really, really made a lot of plays with his arm, with his feet. He threw two touchdowns. He had a, an amazing uh, touchdown run on third and long where he eluded rushers. He handled a snap, and then he uh, flipped into the end zone and uh, really, really had a strong game. And so it all came together for Madison on that day, and then Grossmont just did not have their best game, and that's why the score ended up 34-13. You can go check out that touchdown run. I was mesmerized watching it kind of on repeat at Troy Hirsch Fox 5 on Twitter. Um, that, that's coming right at the camera. That is a beautiful touchdown right there for, for television's sake. Um, what was the, I, I, I mean, yeah, we can go over all of the stats, this, that, and the other, but what was the, the, the vibe? What was the mor morale takeaway that you kind of got from that Madison sideline at the end of this game? Well, I think they were really, really pleased with their physicality. And, in fact, uh, one of the assistant coaches was sort of talking with some photographers. We were down there on the sidelines, and he said, see, I told you, when we stopped getting penalties, because there were some early penalties in the game that were kind of hurting Madison. And he said, when we stopped getting penalties, I told you we would start rolling. And then I could also hear him talking about, you know, how they they're sort of talk to each other on the sideline, and they were saying, they can't handle our physicality. We're too physical. We're too tough for them. And I think that was the big takeaway for me anyway, having seen these two teams play in person for the first time, was that Madison was so pleased with how physical they were in all aspects, and not just on defense, but on offense too. They opened some big holes for Keontae Springs, and he ran through them. They protected Thomas pretty well for the most part, and they really, really showed how tough and physical that they are. You can check out all of the highlights that they cover on the Sports Final Prep Blitz, Fox 5, 1045 at night. So it seems like this Madison team kind of enters now into this realm of three and two teams that are halfway through the season, have taken a couple of losses, have a couple of wins. They're in this netherworld of like five through ten in the rankings. From what you saw, yeah, I, uh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, from what you saw, is is the trend upwards now for Madison? Is is there a light at the end of the tunnel for this team? Oh, I definitely think so. You know, they they you look at the two teams they dropped. They lost to Steel Canyon, which has a very good team, and uh, they also lost to I believe Palos Verdes, who uh, I'm not sure where they are, but that's an out of town team. So their two losses were not you know 
bad losses, and they didn't lose by a lot. And I think once they get that offense rolling, which they seem to against Grossmont, and remember Grossmont, I think they'd scored over 40 points per game, but they'd only given up 68 in their first four games. So they have a pretty good defense too. So I think this was a real good uh, barometer for Madison. They're coming off of a bye. It was Rick Jackson's 45th birthday, and they sang happy birthday to him at the end. And so I think everything started to click. Now, uh, Madison doesn't duck anybody. If you look at their schedule over the years, they play uh, as tough a schedule as they can possibly get. And so I think that they've got that winning and, uh, you know, getting with a new team. You know, every year is a new team, especially in high school football when kids graduate. And I think it's just taken them a little bit of time to get going. But I, I, I definitely think Madison is a team that can start making some noise. I wouldn't be surprised to see them appear in the top 10 uh, or maybe just right outside uh, after this win over Grossmont because they really showed that this is if they put this same team that I saw Friday night for the rest of the season, uh, they may not lose another game. Just to put some stuff in perspective for everyone out there listening right now, uh, Palos Verdes, on the season, they are three and two with their two losses coming to teams that are ranked 16th and 18th in California. So, uh, yeah, Madison with a pair of very high profile, high quality losses. And that adds, though, this whole other strength of schedule, yada, yada, yada element, which I mean, sometimes you just want it to play out with, oh, just, you know, just give us just the football. Um, you can follow him at Troy Hirsch on all the social media. Any other games, anything around the county that uh, that caught your eye last night before we say goodbye? You know, as you pointed out, I was really, for the first time in quite some time, I was focused on one game at uh, Grossmont High School. But I did happen to check around and look at some of the scores. And what I noticed is, like, the cathedrals and the helixes uh, just keep on rolling. And I'm really uh, interested in seeing how uh, the Western League plays out. Because with Cathedral and St. Augustine and Madison and Lincoln, you've got four of probably the top 10 teams in the county. And when well, they start well, so, so playing let me, let me, each other... Let me go ahead and just read off to, to everyone to give you even more context. Right now, Cathedral Catholic at 5-1, and one, St. Augustine at 4-1, and one, Lincoln at 3-1, and one, Madison at 3-2, and two, Point Loma at 2-3 and three, sitting there ready to play. Spoiler, that is the league. Okay, you may resume. Just needed to set the table for everybody. Yeah, and, and so you, you look at that league, and that is a, a juggernaut league. It's much like the Avocado League up in the North County. It, it's going to be a battle every week, and to see which teams come out on top is going to be very, very interesting because obviously they're all going to play each other now through the course of the remaining five, six weeks of the season. And uh, whoever comes out on top is really going to earn a league title. And after watching Madison uh, last night, don't discount the Warhawks as they get into league play here, even when they do play against Cathedral and St. Augustine and some of those other powers. If they can keep doing what they did last night and run the football and stay healthy, they are going to be a team that you really have to keep an eye on. Well, with Cathedral and Saints bound to play in the Holy Bowl, nobody is going to get out of this one, you know, scot-free. Someone's going to have at least two losses. Like, the the door is wide open. I think you're absolutely right for Madison to come in and play spoiler right now uh, as they go into the second half of the season in the Western League. You can follow him at Troy Hirsch Fox Five on all the social media. Go watch the Prep Sports Blitz. It's a great source for all sorts of high school coverage. Thank you very very much for being on with us, and uh, hopefully we will get a chance to talk to you come 
playoffs or leagues or the next time you manage to go to a game on Rick Jackson's birthday. All right, the next voice you're going to hear is Adam Paul at EC underscore preps SD on the social media. Adam is a, a man who knows what he's talking about when it comes to San Diego high school football. Thank you very much for joining us. Where were you? What did you see? Give us your reaction to week six. I was at, what's that? I was saying week six, please. Right. Uh, I was out at um, out in Lakeside at the ranch, as they call it, El Capitan, hosting uh, West Hills in the uh, second annual Tony Burner uh, Memorial um, Trophy game. Um, for those that don't know who Tony Burner is, he quarterbacked um, at West Hills, um, was an excellent quarterback, um, set a lot of uh, section records. Um, Ron Burner, the El Cap coach, coached at um, West Hills, and then obviously took over um, El Cap in 2005, and Tony coached with them for 13 years before unfortunately passing away a couple years ago in 2017. And last year, uh, the, you know, they decided to uh, they got together and decided to come up with this really cool uh, game game um, to um, you know to recognize to remember Tony, who was such a pillar in the community out here in East County. Everybody knew him. Um, so yeah, tonight was pretty emotional. Um, West Hills uh, defeated El Cap 24-14. Um, Probably the play of the night that I saw was a 100-yard interception pick six uh, to steal the game for West Hills by uh, Stephen Christini. And that's actually the uh, second longest pick six interception um, in CIS San Diego section history. My goodness, I was just you know, I, I I was caught off guard watching that right now. If you want to see it, we'll retweet it, but please go check out EC underscore preps underscore SD. So you were in it, the ball is coming at you, mm-hmm. and then the next thing you know, it is going the exact opposite direction, one hundred yards. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, and. It, uh, and and in such a big situation, like th- did this feel like this was the pivotal moment that if things are gonna turn around for West Hills, this what this was the moment? Yeah, because El Cap was driving to possibly take the lead and you know for the win possibly because there wasn't much time left in the game. There's under under a minute, and um, and they were driving and. You know, Wickhauser goes back, and unfortunately, I I think his receiver or, or maybe he threw the ball in the wrong place, and Christine uh, just happened to be in the right place at the right time and caught it on the goal line, and he <laughs> he there was nobody in between him and, and nobody in between him as he was running out. So and then he like I said he ran it all the way back to the house for the pick six. So what what does this win it, maybe maybe what does this win mean? What are the takeaways? Give us a little bit of just the general impact that you saw from this game from either team, well, offense, defense. Just just give us a little bit of insight. Well, for Division Three, it's huge because uh, 
because the Valhalla was also sandwiched in between West Hills and El Cap. You know, I believe West Hills was number 12 or 13 or something like that in the latest, in the current rankings for playoffs. And El Cap was like right behind them. Um, and so was Valhalla. Uh, it was definitely here, a huge uh, victory for West Hills. Um, bolsters their playoff um, their their playoff campaign run if, the, if you want to call it that um, it was a close game the entire night both teams went back and forth uh, West Hills came up big on the defensive side and El Cap actually had an opportunity to come up big on the defensive side on the other side of the field um, about mm, 10 minutes, about a few minutes prior to the pick six, actually. Um, West Hills was driving, and uh, the quarterback went back, and El Cap was able to get through, and they sacked him, and the, and the quarterback fumbled it. And the El Cap defender, instead of just picking it up and falling on it, he tried to scoop and score. Unfortunately, it, it uh, hot potato out of his hand, and there was a there was a big scramble for it, and West Hills came up with the ball. And um, on the very next play, um, uh, Klingerman, Cole Klingerman, um, made a real, I believe it's Cole Klingerman, made a real nifty um, over-the-shoulder catch in the back of the end zone to put them up for what was a, uh, a four-point or a slim lead at the time, and just before they um, uh, got the pick six. So any closing notes on that game before I, I kind of want to bounce a couple other scores off of you, or can we move on to a few you other know, games? You know, it was a good win for West Hills. Unfortunately, you know, El Cap, you know, still winless, still probably the best 0-5 or whatever they are now team is in the county. They score a lot of points, so – you know, it's back to the drawing board for them. Unfortunately, I know they play Helix next week, so we'll see. All right, so I want to I want to go to Mount Miguel. Is that mm-hmm. can I ask you, Mount Miguel? Because they're three and two now. Mm-hmm. They win forty two fourteen over Sweetwater, and I you know I, I look over their schedule, and I see a, a loss to Patrick Henry where they did score a bunch, a loss to a really good Santa Fe Christian team, a, a win over Valhalla, but then I look at the rest of their schedule and they've got some tough games in Del Norte and Santana and Monta Vista and West Hill. What do you make of, we're at the halfway point, what do you make of this Mount Miguel team? Uh, you know, <laughs> It's weird because, like, one game they'll, you know, J.D. Laverdier and um, Jaheim um, Pompey Allen will look like, you know, one of the best, you know, uh, quarterback-receiver combos in the county. The offense is clicking and they're putting up the points. And, you know, the next next game they, you know, they put up, they put up yardage, just not enough. It's really weird. You know, they're going to have to work on some things defensively, obviously. Uh, I, I think they're still one of the, one of the favorites in, in that, in the, um, excuse me, in the Grossmont Valley League. 
Um, I know I picked um, the game between them and Santana, which is next week, to be the uh, uh, yeah, it sucks as the first game, but I picked that to be the game to the to uh, pretty much to tie um, the 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 league championship. Um, that was my preseason pick. Well, so I I feel like you're saying that they've got upsides, and they're 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 a team that you take the way that it it's a, a win is a win, and you know get ready for that second half of the season. Other score yeah. out. Or go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, you know, yeah, their their speed is what, um, you know, makes them an interesting team. You know, when they played Santa Fe Christian, Santa Fe Christian kind of hampered them, uh, you know, with that. They jumped out the huge lead, and then uh, Mount McGill, you know, tried to make the comeback in the second half and came up short, um, um, unfortunately. Um, So I think when they play a team that can physically – slow them down I, I think that they, they have a hard time fair enough can I ask you two more scores sure and then I'll then I'll let you go um I'm looking around here and at all these uh, some really interesting plot lines tonight but you are my East County guy so I want to ask you about a couple more East County teams Granite Hills yeah. they go on the road and get a 41 to 7 win at Southwest El Centro they continue to look like a top 10 team question mark absolutely they, they uh, absolutely you know uh coach Cobbs, they you know that I, I you know i'm not i i don't know southwest del central's record off off the top but just take that bus ride down to the valley um is it, tough uh for any game no matter who you're playing um because you don't know what kind of officiating you're going to get down there. It's always an int- it's always an interesting um, time down there, and I've I've made that trek uh, quite a few times over the years. Um, going down there with, with, uh, when I was working with San- working for Santana and stuff. Um, so it's always interesting. Um, you know, Grant, I I think that they're they're peaking at the right time. Um, the offense, it sounds like it's clicking and defense defensively. They have uh, one of the more physical defenses um, in East County. And I think that, I think they'll, you know, like last year, they'll make a run for, uh, for a league championship. One more East County score. You got time for one more? Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I, I'm debating uh, debating how to phrase this question. I don't want to necessarily just come across the top as this is obviously like a clickbaity type question. And I, I know that this comes with a dose of reality, but Santana remains undefeated. Are they a top 10 team? Are they a team wor- like worthy of getting a vote for top 10 so they show up on the bottom of the poll? Like, what are we talking about here with this team? <laughs> I just answered somewhat. I don't know if you saw it. I kind of 
somewhat answered that uh, had a had a conversation about that um, when a bunch of us were tweeted at. Uh, I think they are good enough to get some other votes, some votes in the others. As a person who's been around that program for a long time and an alum, I'll just put that out there. Uh, they have to beat, you know, they're beating the teams that, that, that obviously that are in their division and that's what you're supposed then that's, you know, you're, that's what you're supposed to do. Now, can they take that momentum, the 6-0 momentum for the first time since 2011, by the way, and keep it rolling next week against Mount McGill, who has the speed and the, and the good quarterback. And if they do that, can they keep that momentum two weeks from now and beat West Hill, who they have not beaten since 2011, um, actually? That will be, in my honest opinion, as I stated in the, in the uh, response, beat the teams that are higher than you, and you know you'll, you'll, you'll get more respect. Like I said, beat, you know, beat the team, beat a team like Mount Miguel, West Hill, Bonavista, and so forth. I'm going to just read you some um, stats here, though, and, and I just two, – uh, 245 points for 32 points allowed. I, 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 get, I get it, uh, Christian. Trust me, I get it. And like I said to the – you know, in, in the response, don't get me wrong, they beat Montgomery who was the number two team in Division Four, and, you know, has a really good running back and quarterback. And they beat Sarah, who at the time was the number two team in, you know, in the Division in Division Four, And from my understanding, didn't play their two best, one or two best players. Um, now, that's not taking anything away from that win. But I think, you know, come playoff time, if you know any team, you know, if they play a team like Escondido, you know, a team with some speed and and so forth, um, I think they'll have a little more of a contest. I'm not saying they'll lose. I just think it'll be more of a contest. Um. Well, they'll have enough of a contest in them next week at Mount Miguel because that's the football that is actually going to be happening next week before we get too much oh, yeah. into it. But look, 6-0, and we'll uh, apparently just agree to disagree. I don't know, maybe not top 10. That's why I said it's kind of a hyperbolic question at the beginning. Sure. But look, 6-0, and congratulations, Santana. That's awesome. That's killer. Like you said, best start since 2011. Congratulations to the Sultans. At EC underscore preps underscore SD Adam Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Any closing notes? Any uh, any last thoughts you want to get out about this week in San Diego high school football? You know, it's been an interesting night. I mean, you know, Helix did their thing. Um, Elion Noah, uh, you know, four or five more touchdowns, a couple hundred yards. Um, Bahala beating Kearney. Keegan Baker, from what I heard, had over 200 yards. Um, so I mean, it, it's and there was you know there's some other scores. Uh, Madison um, beating Grossmont the way that they did. Um, it's you know getting into league now. 
so it's going to make things more interesting. That is the perfect note to end on. Things are going to get more interesting from here. Adam Paul, thank you very much for joining us. As always, please, like I said, go check him out at EC underscore preps underscore SD. Thank you very much, man. We'll talk to you next week.